Welcome to Saturday, guys. Acceptable in the 90s is here to cover all the weekend happenings before SummerSlam, and I couldn't be happier to have you with me. It's another Saturday Superstar Special, and we're kicking off like we always do about this time with Big Meaty Cool's Craft Beer Review. And as per usual, we are continuing on with Northern Monk's Autumn Core Supermarket Range. And they've added a new can to their Twist Edition series. This is Transient Shipwrecked this week, which is a Pina Colada IPA. Now, I'm not particularly keen on either Pina Colada or being caught in the rain, believe it or not, before anybody else asks. But uh, when I was pouring this out, it smelt absolutely gorgeous. It's as hazy as anything. It keeps its head as well. So, you know, I'm very happy on all three fronts. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, do please let the BPMs take over your very soul as I give this ice-cold treat a very satisfying quaff. And that was a satisfying quaff, ladies and gentlemen. This tastes lovely the pineapple really comes through you can kind of get that very coconutty creamy taste going down as well which weirdly it's not disgusting it has pretty much masked any of the kind of um indian pale illness of it but do you know what this isn't three bad um i really enjoy this and yeah that is going to kick off proceedings for today quite well And you can find all of Northern Monk's finest core range beers in all good supermarkets up and down the land. So do please pick up something good. Meanwhile, let's see if there was anything good in the news on this day in history on Saturday, August the 28th, 1993. The Guho Dam in Ginghai Province collapses, killing at least 257 people. Yakovlev 42, a Soviet-era trijet, crashed in Tajikistan with 76 killed. In slightly more pleasing news, Long Beach, California beat Panama for the Little League Baseball World Championship. Five were killed. Only joking. Only joking. Just thought I'd lighten the mood. Singapore Vice Premier Ten Chong was elected the fifth president of Singapore, remaining in office until 1999 and the box office and pop charts remain unchanged at present. We flip the script this week and start with a short WCW Saturday Night Report. The August 28th edition of the show was recorded on August the 8th at the Centre Stage Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia. Your hosts for the show are Jesse the Body Ventura and Tony Schiavone. Next on WCW Saturday Night. In response to last week's interference in their world championship match, Nature Boy Ric Flair and Sting join forces to teach Harlem Heat some manners. The natural Dustin Rhodes and ravishing Rick Rude begin their two out of three match war for the vacant United States Heavyweight Championship. Mean Max Payne is challenged by Chippewa Charlie Norris. The Hollywood Blondes are obnoxious. Lord Stephen Regal is a snob. And the ice train is coming down the track. Next on WCW Saturday Night. WCW Saturday Night is on the air. Tony Schiavone and Jesse the Body Ventura, 
the bell has sounded and the match is underway as we begin what's going to be a very memorable two-hour program on this Saturday. We begin with the Hollywood Blondes against Frankie Lancaster and Mark Starr. And we open with hot tag team action already happening in the ring as the Hollywood Blondes face Frankie Lancaster and Mark Starr. This was obviously recorded before the Clash special as Pillman in real time is currently out with a leg injury. The Blondes dominate obviously, with Austin in particular being an absolute workhorse. But Lancaster and Starr are no slouches either and worked a very competitive match. It almost looks like WCW are trying to do something with Lancaster and Starr actually, at least maybe making them a, a jobber to the stars type of team. You know, they, they beat the jobbers around them but never quite win the big one. Starr was given a chance to do the babyface in peril role really well, but also gave a lot of babyface fire and showed his athleticism. And Lancaster also showcased some no-nonsense mat work and grappling acumen. But the blondes are the stars here, so they're the ones that need to be pushed. And in a surprisingly back-and-forth but well-paced as usual match, the blondes won when Austin flew off the top rope to break up a pin by Lancaster onto Pillman to then tag in and pin Lancaster in 12 minutes and 23 seconds. Next, Rick Rude was the latest guest on Flair for the Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a Flair for the Gold with your host, Nature Boy Ric Flair, also featuring Fifi the Maid. Tonight's special guest is Ravishing Rick Rude. And now, Nature Boy Ric Flair. took the words out of my very mouth because once again it's penthouse paradise it's a flare for the gold with that new look of the big gold it's fifi we're live and today gentlemen ladies and gentlemen one of the real greats in our sport whether you like them or you don't like them i gotta tell you the guy has got all the genetics, he's got all the gifts, and he came this close to being the U.S. champion a couple weeks ago one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, a man on the verge of a world championship, Ravishing Richard Rude. Hey, Rick, how are you, my man? Hey, have a seat, come on. Second time on a flare for the goal, man. I love it. You're looking great. Hey, I gotta tell you, I was there, the whole world was there, 30 minutes, one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I'm talking about the Iron Man match, you know? You and Dustin Rhodes, you came this Hey, over here, over here. She's like, hey, she'll be there later. We're talking wrestling now. Okay, hey. like I said, 30 minute match, one of the greatest, Contest I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, you had a great match too, Rick. Uh, congratulations, okay? Hey, we're talking U.S. time. We're talking about the match that's signed between you and Dustin Rhodes in the very near future. We're talking about the rematch. Wait a minute. You're talking about the rematch. You're talking about what happened at Bleach, Beach Blast. I've got different things on my mind, Flair. Rick, relax. Relax. Yeah. Over here. 
You know what I'm thinking about, don't you, Fifi? Don't stand there looking stupid. Come over here. I gave you my phone number. I expect you to call me. Obviously, you don't know what the deal is. Hey, I'm ravishing Rick Rude, and whatever I want, I get. And as far as the women goes, that's automatic. You want me when I want you. Do you understand? Now, oh, what's the deal? Rick, come on, relax now. She, she, she doesn't understand any of this. You know that. Hey, wait a minute, Flair. I don't tell you how to conduct your love life. You don't tell me how to conduct mine. I'm ravishing Rick Rude. You know about my reputation, and obviously, you didn't tell Fifi. Fifi, you want me, and you know it. Why didn't you call me back? Rick, look at Fifi is the best kept secret in the world today. To a man that admires beautiful women, hey, we got a lot in common. We like the same things. She doesn't understand all this hard talk. She, she understands. Knew. She understands and she wants me. But why isn't she making the move? Hey, look, at, it's very simple. I don't see her turning cartwheels or jumping up and down. She obviously doesn't want you that bad. Well, hey. That's not your decision, Flair. I think Fifi's the one who needs to make that decision. What? Oh, Rick. Rick. Oh. How about that, sweetheart? There's more Fifi where that came from. You coming with me now? Fifi. Hey, Rick. 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 I guess. I guess you got your answer. Sorry. Hey, next week. You okay, baby? You gotta understand things like that happen. Next week, we go again. I'll flare for the, you okay, honey, huh? You all right? Next week, we go again. your deal is you're a gold digger and flair has a belt well when mr ten-time champion comes to you let him know that next time his belt's going with me and you're going with me too woman and you're gonna learn to love it <laughs> Tonight, when there are doctors and trainers in the back, he may not be able to wrestle. Flair may not be able to wrestle. Maybe you should have given one to Fifi, too, for slapping him. We will try to talk to Sting and Ric Flair prior to that match, but right now, fans will have more action on Saturday night, right after this timeout. So the next challenger for Ric Flair's NWA title appears to be Rick Rude, who has put Ric Flair out of action with regards to the main event of this evening. The two out of three series for the US title between Rude and Dustin Rhodes begins tonight as well, so maybe Rude fancies himself as being a double champion. The Rude awakening to Flair on the floor looked particularly stiff here. Charlie Norris is out next and he gets a second chance to make a first impression. Against Max Payne. After 4 minutes and 19 seconds, Norris wins by countout, and that's about all the attention this match deserves. Norris got a little bit more this week, and Payne is a solid worker. 
but Norris just isn't good enough to be featured in this way. He lumbers around the ring, his footwork is dreadful, and that's coming from someone that's only stepped in a ring to dance along with Darren Burridge one time. I'll talk about that with Danny one day. And he looks like one of the more pudgier jobbers on the group. Anyway, Payne gets knocked out the ring from a Norris throat chop and just walks away, bemused by Norris's crapness. Welcome to the Fall Brawl Control Center here on WCW Saturday Night. I'm Chris Cruz. Fall Brawl featuring War Games, the match beyond, will be exclusively on pay-per-view on Sunday, September 19th. The event to originate live from the Astro Arena in Houston, Texas. New matches to announce this week. The Horsemen Arn Anderson and Paul Roma will defend the World Tag Team title against the Nasty Boys. And Cactus Jack will return to action for the first time since the injury that took him out of this sport as he will face Yoshi Kwan with Harley Race. I've got some late information here. Earlier on WCW Saturday night, you saw the brutal attack by Rick Rude during a flare for the gold. Let's take you back to that footage. I know what your deal is. You're a gold digger, and Flair has a belt. Well, when Mr. Ten-Time Champion comes to, you let him know that next time, his belt's going with me. And you're going with me too, woman. All right, we're being told that Flair has now been revived. And upon being told what Rude said after the attack, he demanded a match with Rude. Promoters have signed it, but they have made it an NWA title defense. A title match and a grudge match all in one. Well, earlier we told you Cactus Jack will face Yoshi Kwan with Harley Race. Harley Race is now standing by with these comments about Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack in a bounty match. A bounty means that something's put up for something. And you want this back more than you want anything else on Earth. In order to get it, you have to go through Yoshi Khan, the greatest martial art expert that I can find in the Orient. When we walk to that ring, I'm gonna hang this around his neck. The only way that you can get it is beating and i guarantee you cactus if you think what big van vader put to you in that power bomb was the answer you're all wrong because yoshi Kwan knows every nerve in your body and you leave that ring virtually paralyzed all right, the main event at Fall Brawl is War Games, the match beyond. Team 1, Van Vader, Sid Vicious, and Harlem Heat. Team 2, Sting, Davy Boy Smith, Dustin Rhodes, and the giant 6'8", 400-pound Shockmaster who first appeared at Clash of the Champions. And do not forget the match we just announced for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Ric Flair versus Ravishing Rick Rude. Call your local cable company and subscribe right now. I'm Chris Cruz, back with more action right here on WCW Saturday Night. Well, Mr. Cruz, that was a nice way to tell people that the Nasty Boys are in WCW, but they're getting a tag title match at Fall Brawl, and it seems that Rick Rude will indeed get his NWA title shot as well. That could be good, and this event centre was good as well. Pretender to the TV title throne, Lord Stephen Regal comes out next and faces Brad Armstrong. Regal pretty much controls the pace here with chain wrestling and holds, but Armstrong countered well and matched hold for hold. 
This was a really underrated match from a scientific aspect, and well worth watching on the network, because it is one of the few episodes for 1993 that's on there. Regal eventually gets frustrated and starts with the forearms and European uppercuts, and a series of cravats. Brad responds to the cheers of the fans, but it does very little for him once Regal takes control. After a well-worked 9 minutes and 20 seconds of action, Regal reverses an O'Connor roll and grabs the tights for the pinfall victory. Cracking match though. Next, Tony Schiavone talks with Sting before Dusty Rhodes joins he and Jesse at the arena. We're all concerned about Nature Boy Ric Flair and the beating of the hands of Ravishing Rick Rude. He and Sting are scheduled later on to face Harlem Heat in this program. But we do understand at this time we do have a camera in the dressing room area and we're going to be talking to Sting. A lot of the fans are chanting for Sting. There you are, Stinger. How is Flair doing? What's going on with that tag match you have later on against Harlem Heat? Well, it's obvious that the Nature Boy's not too happy right now because he's fighting WCW officials and the doctors. He wants a piece of anything that gets in front of his face, but they won't let him do it. Well, I got news for you, Harlem Heat. You're not going to get off that easy because I got another partner. Come on in here, Davey Boy. This is the man right here. That's right. When you turn on partners, you turn on the British Bulldog. We're the superpowers of the WCW. Nothing and no one will stop me and Sting from running over anyone in the WCW. And that includes you, Harlem Heat. Take that to the back! Think about it! All right. That is still to come in this program. Davey Boy Smith and Sting together. And Rick Rude and Dustin Rhodes in the first of a two out of three for the U.S. title. Right after this, Simon. It is the best two out of three matches, series of matches for the U.S. title. Dustin Rhodes and Ravishing Rick Rude. Match number one is tonight, Jesse, and we are awaiting the arrival of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, come on in here. You were at Beach Blast, tremendous match between Rude and Dustin Rhodes. How do you see this two out of three? I think what it boils down to, opportunity knocks. Jesse Ventura had an opportunity to be in a movie with Sylvester. Opportunity knocks. You have an opportunity to turn the dial and see the greatest wrestling in the world, WCW. Opportunity knocks. Dustin Rhodes is not a kid. He is not a rookie. He is ready. Opportunity knocks for Ravishing Rick Rude. Opportunity knocks for Dustin Rhodes. Opportunity knocks for WCW, the showcase of professional wrestling in the world today. So one thing is for clear, the two men both are 100%, and let's get down and dirty and get on with it, baby. Not much more you can say after that, Tony. It's time to knock heads. Let's go to the ring. We haven't seen the end of the Sting and Davey tag team then, nor have we seen the end of Rick Rude and Dustin Rhodes wrestling over the US title. As the first of the two out of three match series ends in favour of Rick Rude after a phenomenal 24 minutes and 58 seconds. The pace matched the Iron Man match at Beach Blast, but the crowd made the difference this time. Again, this was a slow-paced match that eventually picked up, but everything just seemed so much better because of this crowd, and the finish came when Dustin locked a sleeper in following dodging a clothesline in the corner from Rude, who then landed backwards to catch Rhodes in a pin attempt to lead the series 1-0. After the match, Rick Rude had a few things to say. 
All right, Jesse Ventura, let's bring Ravishing Rick Root over. He has a one-to-none lead in the best of three for the U.S. title. i got to give you credit, both of you credit. That was one tremendous matchup for the U.S. title, and you have the advantage. What it amounts to is Dustin's got one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. One more loss, Rhodes, and you'll be sitting at home in the easy chair with the BB clicker watching the new... United States Champion Challenge, the greatest of all time, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Ten times World Champion, a legend, no doubt. But Ric Flair, like you say, to beat a man, you've got to beat the man. And to beat the man, you've got to meet the man. So Flair, when we stand face to face in the middle of the ring, I want you mad as hell because one thing means more to me than winning that world title and that's gaining the knowledge inside your head. Ric Flair, I'm going to make you dig into your tricks one time after another after another until your bag is empty and my brain is full and then whoo, Ravishing Rick Rude awaits next week against Dustin Rhodes with a one to none advantage. When we come back, Ice Train and information about how you can win Z28. I love this harder edge to Rick Rude. And you've got to think he's going to win at least one of the two titles here. But there's still time for one more match before the main event as Ice Train chugga chugga choo choos to the ring to make mincemeat out of Bob Starr in 1 minute and 18 seconds. Ice now has choo choo printed above his arse crack and runs through Starr before the devastating power slam wins it for the big lad and Tony is there for the post-match comments. The wins continue in very impressive fashion for your man, Bolt. Yeah, well, you know... Train and myself, we want to thank WCW for giving us the opportunity. All we want is for any of the wrestlers to sign their life, sign their name on the line because Train says he wants to learn. And I want to show him. So we're interested in two things. We're interested in whooping some of those wrestlers and I want everybody out there to call somebody. Call your aunt, your uncles, your cousin, and your grandpeople because we are interested in numbers. We want to see you now. The train is loaded. The train is loaded. I'm on the fast tracks of WCW. There's a lot of competition right here. I want the train. And all the train got to say is, We'll be back with big tag action. All right, Sting and Davey Boy Smith against Harlem Heat Series. Well, guys, we started with a decent tag match, and we end with another decent one, as Davey Boy Smith and Sting defeated Harlem Heat by disqualification in 8 minutes and 51 seconds, when Sid Vicious got involved in the finish. The match was playing out to a lovely, old-school heels and faces encounter, with Kane and Cole cowering off when they didn't get their way, while Sting and Davey had an answer for everything and knew when to sell for the big lads. The finish came following the traditional WCW tag match breakdown. 
Sting had Curl in the Scorpion Deathlock when Sid knocked him out with a blow from behind before joining Kane and Curl in a three-on-one beatdown. Flair came out with a 2 by 4 to even the odds and the baddies bailed. And our heroes had these comments post-match. Fans, we are back on Saturday night for this blockbuster announcement has just been signed for next week that Sid Vicious and Harlem Heat together will take on these three men next Saturday night. Well, you know, Tony Schiavone, Sid Vicious, stuck his nose into something that he doesn't even belong. Big Van Vader is nowhere to be found but me, the Stinger, and the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. We'll take on Harlem Heat and Sid Vicious. Isn't that right, Stinger? You got it. Let me tell you something, Sid Vicious. You involved yourself in one of the most important matches of my career when the world title was up for grabs. And you put your nose in. You took a little piece of my heart, pal. And today, you took another piece of my heart. Think about that. Pretty soon, I won't have a heart. When it comes to you, my heart's been gone a long, long time ago, Sid. You're a 320-pound Douglas Wonder! And next week, Major Boy Ric Flair, how's the neck feeling for next week? Hey! There's no love lost! This just that two-wheel, you pal! And you're so bad! Come on out here next week! Hey! And who a God's green earth is Harlem Heat anyway, huh? Come on, boys! Right here, next week! Woo! We will see you then, fans! So we get the promise again of a six-man tag, but for next week this time. Hopefully we get that while Sid is still doing his best work. We got another in-ring heavy episode of Saturday Night as is custom for WCW and while not as good as last week it was still highly entertaining with only Charlie Norris letting the side down. But what didn't let the side down was the August 28th episode of WWF Superstars recorded on July the 26th 1993 from the Utica War Memorial in Utica, New York. After the refrain of 1993's sexiest theme, were greeted by the garish goodness of Vince McMahon, the macho man Randy Savage, and Jerry the King Lawler. King Jerry Lawler, and of course SummerSlam 
is at hand. The Macho Man Randy Savage bedecked in red, white, and blue. I've never seen any athlete in the WWF history who has garnered so much support in this quest for a WWF title. All I can say is Lex Luger, you've got my vote, oh yeah. What about your vote, King? Well, I want to ask you something, Macho Man. You think Lex Luger's a great athlete, right? Yeah. And you support him, right? Yeah. <laughs> that makes you an athletic supporter. I'll tell you what I think of it. I think you're not going to be wearing your crown after your match with the hitman Bret Hart. Well, you may be right. I'm going to be wearing my crown and another crown because Bret the Hitman Hart's claim to the King of the Ring is going to be mine after SummerSlam. I'll tell you what's going to be yours after SummerSlam. After the match is over, Macho, I think you and I can unquestionably say to the King Jerry Lawler, See ya! Oh, yeah! We start with singles action this week, as the 1-2-3 Kid gets a warm-up for SummerSlam against the Brooklyn Brawler. Kid starts fast here with chain wrestling and a spinning heel kick, until Brawler lands a lariat that turns the match around. There's an insert promo from IRS who talks about how Kid's luck is going to run out at SummerSlam as well. The ladies swoon as the Brawler takes his shirt off and continues to wail on the Kid, landing a nice backbreaker before climbing up top. Brawler looks strong here, but not strong enough to put away the kid, who kips up, tosses Brawler off the top rope, and delivers a simple snapmare before heading to the top rope to land a devastating guillotine leg drop to the back of Brawler's head to score the 1-2-3 for the 1-2-3 at 1-5-9. Quite quick, but decisive for the kid. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what a match between Sean Waltman and Mike Rotunda looks like, actually. I'm imagining it's going to get a little bit more time and that the pace might be a lot more controlled. So it had best not disappoint. Hi again everybody, time is running out. Time is actually running very short this Monday night from the Palace of Auburn Hills in suburban Detroit, Michigan, live on pay-per-view cable TV. It's SummerSlam. If you haven't contacted your cable company, make that all-important telephone call right now. Don't get shut out. Don't put up with busy operators. The hassle of busy lines. Make that call right now and get the best ringside seat in your very own living room. Let's run down the action one more time for this Monday night at SummerSlam. World Wrestling Federation champion Yokozuna, for one time and one time only, will be defending against challenger... Lex Luger and his tremendously popular Lex Luger Express. Royalty on the line is Brett, the hitman heart, the king of the ring, meets the self-proclaimed king, Jerry Lawler. They're calling it a rest in peace match. What that means, folks, I don't have a clue. The Undertaker locks up with the eight-foot-tall Giant Gonzalez. A couple of title bouts we've got to talk about. Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels to defend against a two-time former Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect. And as you know, the Steiners, Rick and Scott, are going to be returning to a Wolverine welcome when they get back in Michigan to defend against James E. Cornette's Heavenly Bodies. Joining us face-to-face -face right here on the weekend before the big one at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yeah. Couple of men who are going to be colliding head on. Razor Ramon. Bad guy. And of course, the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. The world's going to see this one live on pay per view, yeah. million dollar man. Yeah. That's right, Oakland. This Monday night, Razor Ramon. All over the world on pay per view. Yeah. It's payday. And there's nothing that I like better than payday. 
because that's when I'm going to collect Razor Ramon. You see, I didn't become the superstar of the World Wrestling Federation that I am by being a fool. I didn't become a wealthy man by being a fool and making mistakes or poor judgment calls. I got here by being smart and making the right choices. And nobody, you go down the line since I've been here, and you ask all of those that have crossed the million dollar man and been on the wrong side of me if they didn't pay the price. You don't have to ask anybody, because this Monday night, in front of the whole world, Mr. Yeah. Machismo, I'm going to take the machismo away, yeah. and I'm going to take it all. Yes, oh, you will on. pay the price. Shut up and listen. Rich man, when you come to Auburn Hills, Chico, you got to leave your fancy cars, your fancy clothes, all your assets outside the ring. You step through the ropes, rich man, you gotta face the bad guy one on one. <laughs> and again, I'm really looking forward to Razor versus DiBiase at the event as well. Most of the card on paper looks really good, and Mean Gene is the master of shilling. We get tag team action next when we go back to the ring as Jim Cornette leads out the Heavenly Bodies to take on Tony Roy and Jason Headings. Del Rey grounds Roy and then slaps him around. Cornette laughs over his team beating down Roy and then yells at the camera to back off. Roy gets tossed out with Del Rey holding him as Cornette yells. This match was actually the second match that the bodies had taped in the WWF. The match is a complete squash with the bodies beating the absolute bee-jabbers out of Roy and Headings. Partway through this we get an insert promo from the Steiner Brothers, talking about how their match on Monday night at SummerSlam is for all the marbles, and how Rick is looking for fresh meat. Because that's what you want in your baby faces, mate. Rampant cannibalism. Anyway, Jason Headings manages to squeeze in a bit of offence here before the bodies go in for the kill, and the end comes when the bodies use a double flapjack, Pritchard then holds headings while Del Rey delivers a moonsault block from the top rope for the pinfall at 2 minutes and 3 seconds. Another entertaining squash from this really solid bunch of number 1 contenders and a team that I greatly enjoy. The whole package of Cornet and the bodies is still entertaining to me 30 years later and their style should match what the Steiners bring too. So let's have it. Hi again everybody, this report brought to you by the SummerSlam program. Inside the complete rundown of each and every matchup at this World Wrestling Federation Classic in Detroit. The SummerSlam program, on newsstands everywhere right now. This Monday night, yes, this Monday night live on pay-per-view cable TV, it's SummerSlam. The action starts at 8 Eastern, please don't wait another second longer. Call your cable company now. Regarding availability, I guarantee you folks, it's going to be the experience of a lifetime. This Monday night, one of my all-time favorites from New Orleans, singing great Aaron Neville, is going to be kicking off the festivities at SummerSlam by giving us his rendition of the National Anthem. You know that's going to be great. Now then, let me give you the entire card for SummerSlam. Lex Luger will only have this one chance at defeating Yokozuna for the World Wrestling Federation Championship thanks to James E. Cornette, the official American spokesman for Yokozuna 
and Mr. Fuji. No question, Luger has tremendous momentum, but remember, Yokozuna is the champion. He weighs in at over 570 pounds. Luger's going to have to be better than he's ever been in his life to beat Yokozuna. Plus, don't forget, Luger will be wearing that protective padding over his right elbow. On the subject of the challenger, the exciting new Lex Luger video is coming up next right here. In a match of regal proportions, self-proclaimed King Jerry Lawler meets the World Wrestling Federation's King of the Ring, this man, Breath the Hitman Hart. You know, Jerry Lawler, you must really have underestimated the Hitman. I guess you haven't been keeping up with exactly what the Hitman can do. You went and jumped me after the King of the Ring tournament, and you beat me like a dog. And then there's my brother Owen. You know what you did to my brother Owen? I'll never, ever forget. But you know, the worst thing you could have done is drag my entire family in. That's something that really bugs me. That's a line that you should never have crossed so that I don't involve my family in my personal business. But you want to drag my family in? That's fine, because you've crossed the line, and I am going to take you in the SummerSlam. Just like the kings of old, I will execute you, and I will chop your head off. And that'll be the last anybody ever hears of Jerry Lawler. I understand that Bret Hart's mom and dad and other members of his family will be ringside this Monday night at SummerSlam. Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels with bodyguard Diesel in his corner meets a two-time former Intercontinental Champ in Mr. Perfect. This one, folks, is shaping up to be one of the greatest Intercontinental title bouts in World Wrestling Federation history. As I mentioned in the past, Mr. Perfect is going for the three-peat. For the rest in peace match, The Undertaker apparently has some rather elaborate plans for the eight-foot-tall Giant Gonzalez, who is standing by right now with his manager, Harvey Whippleman. Undertaker, this Monday night, all my plans are going to come true because you will be the one that leaves the World Wrestling Federation in humiliation because, Undertaker, you can't beat the Giant Gonzalez. This time, you rest in peace, Undertaker. I hope you heard that, Undertaker, because he's speaking the truth. Coincidentally, we're going to be hearing from The Undertaker a little bit later on from the graveyard. In still another title matchup, tag team champions, the Steiner Brothers, return home to Detroit to defend against James E. Cornette's hot new tag team, the Heavenly Bodies. You've just seen Dr. Tom Pritchard and Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey in action. No question, as a team, they are impressive. In six-man tag team action, Native American Tatanka teams up with the Spoken Guns to battle Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers. And the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, meets the bad guy. Right now, let's hear from Razor Ramon. Yo, rich man, DiBiase. Oye, me chico, you so upset because the kid beat you? You telling everybody, Razor Ramon, he gotta pay? No problema, man. You want the bad guy? You got him. This Monday night, pay-per-view, everybody gonna be watching. And chico, money won't save you. Plus, the one, two, three kid needs IRS, and in another single spot, Marty Jannetty locks up with the Helsinki superstar, Ludwig Borga. There is absolutely no question this will be the most exciting SummerSlam ever. It's completely sold out in Detroit. 
The only way you can see SummerSlam is by calling your local cable company right now. There just isn't a better ringside seat than in your own home in your living room. Make that all-important telephone call right now. Then lean back and cinch them up this Monday night from Detroit. Get ready to enjoy SummerSlam exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV. After another event center, we get the debut of Lex Luger's infamous hero video. It's classic in its unrelenting cheesiness. Before we return to singles action, as new rising foreign menace Ludwig Borger, aka the Kenny Omega of 1993, seeks to crush another jobber to the stars, as Virgil wishes that he hadn't worn white. Because he's going to shit himself, you see. Anyway, for the purposes of complete change in quality, this match was recorded on August the 17th, which Vince alludes to before the match starts. Virgil comes to the ring wearing the red, white and blue wristbands that the WWF were selling to help promote the call to action movement, aimed to get Luger the WWF title match at SummerSlam, immediately making the call to action campaign ridiculously uncool. Don't put Virgil on anything, Vincent. Goodness me. Anyway, Borger overpowers Virgil to start, matching Virgil's boxing quickness with power. He then hammers away in the corner but eats boot on a charge, allowing Virgil to fight back and hit a pair of dropkicks. Virgil weathers Borger's early onslaught to make a proper showing of himself, but it's not enough, and before long Borger turns the tables on Virgil, catching his crossbody attempt into a front-falling slam before landing a running lariat to the back of Virgil's head for the pinfall in 2 minutes and 53 seconds. Borger looked really impressive here and Virgil was made to look like a real challenge. I especially liked Borger ripping Virgil's patriotic wristbands off after the match and shoving them in his mouth as a symbolic gesture, all while cutting an anti-American promo. I was intrigued by Borger back in 1993 and I fancied him as the big challenger to Lex Luger once he was crowned champion. Obviously my tastes have changed since then and I see right through Ludwig Borger for what he actually is, but so far so good. And Marty Gennetti will prove to be another big test for the massive Finn. Giant Gonzalez, this Monday night, you begin a journey. A journey into the valley of the shadow of death. A journey for which there is no return. A journey into the dark side. Gonzalez, as I begin to lay your rotting carcass in this hollowed earth, then you will truly know the meaning of rest in peace. Well, as good as a lot of the card looks, we get reminded that this was the era of The Undertaker facing the spectacle opponents. I liked the character of The Undertaker in the early 90s, but you were hardly getting anything decent once the bell rang. But never mind, we got something decent next, 
as Mr Perfect Kurt Hennig faced off with Dwayne Gill. Vince plugs his latest money-losing gesture, Radio WWF, as the match begins with Perfect chopping Gill in the corner. Gill uses a hip toss and brags about it, but Perfect chops away in the corner. We then hear from Shawn Michaels and Diesel saying that Shawn is better than Perfect. Then Perfect puts Gill away with a Perfect Plex in 1 minute and 21 seconds. After the match, Lawler draws a Mack truck behind Perfect to show how Diesel will run him over. Gill got very little here, as should be the case. Hennig needs to look strong in ring going into a match that is already a massive afterthought as far as commentary is concerned. Furthermore, Perfect will certainly need his working boots on to get anything out of Michaels at the moment. Alright folks, it's not going to be long now. This coming Monday night across the country live on pay-per-view cable TV from the Palace of Auburn Hills. Get ready for SummerSlam. May I suggest you contact your local cable company right now. Don't wait any longer. Don't put up with busy hours, busy lines, the hassles of that last-minute call. Call now to ensure availability for SummerSlam on pay-per-view. By the way, on the subject of SummerSlam, there's going to be a gigantic conference call with the superstars that are going to be involved in this spectacular on Monday night. That call will be taking place on the SummerSlam hotline. Keep that in mind. Now let's talk turkey. Let's talk this fantastic card that you can see live on pay-per-view this Monday night. For one time and one time only, the 570-plus-pound World Wrestling Federation champion Yokozuna defends against challenger Lex Luger as the Lex Express motors in to Detroit, Michigan. Also on this great card, uh, a match of regal proportions, I must say, is King of the Ring, Bret Hart squares off against the self-proclaimed king, Jerry Lawler. Plus, in an RIP match, The Undertaker meets the eight-foot-tall giant Gonzalez and intercontinental champion Shawn Michaels. And this Monday night exclusively on pay-per-view cable TV, Rick and Scott, the Steiner Brothers, the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. I believe Mr. Jim Cornette are going to be introducing your heavenly bodies to the Frankensteiner. Would you care to speculate on that? Frankensteiner. You know, the only thing that reminds me about Frankenstein is the ugly face on that dog-faced gremlin and his stupid brother. And let me tell you something. If you think we're intimidated because it's Michigan, you're nuts. Steiners, you are intimidating. You are big and you are bad. But we know your weaknesses because even a giant's got a weakness somewhere down deep. And we're going to find it because, believe me, the heavenly bodies are ready for those belts. Right, Tom? In front of everybody in a pay-per-view audience and in your home state of Michigan, we are finally going to show everybody who the real tag team of the world is. We are going to show everybody who the better tag team is. And we came out of nowhere, and we're going to come to your hometown, and we're going to show everybody that we are champions. Yeah, on it. All right, uh, Rick and Scott, the Steiner brothers, uh... I don't know what to make of these two guys, but I'll tell you what, they have quite an opportunity and you're gonna have to defend yourselves and your titles. That's right, Mean Gene. We're coming home to Detroit, defend these WWF World Tag Team titles. And they're gonna find out, getting Detroit is easy. Getting out is another story. Rick. <laughs> you know, Gene, a lot of guys had a lot of things to say, a lot of sure. cheap talk. Detroit Motor City, who, who, who? for sure, but not oh, for long, boys. Down. Not oh. for long. Jim Cornette is completely improving two feuds going into SummerSlam. His work here and with Yokozuna just shows the importance of a manager in building heat. 
You don't really see it in Major League Wrestling anymore, but it was so important back in the day. There must be good talkers out there that could elevate a solid worker that has unspectacular mic skills or charisma. I mean, just deviating here, just look at Robert Stone in NXT. Now he's doing fine work, but it's not like you see him every week. He's an underrated talker, he looks great, and just like Bobby, since he's actually, you know, a wrestler, he can bump brilliantly, either for a face that is annoyed, or a heel that wants to beat him up to show something for his charge. People like that should be on the main roster pushing people. Anyway, um, un unfortunately, um, Jim Corner is here purely to build more of the unspectacular, particularly with the main event. And talking of unspectacular, Billy and Bartas, the smoking asses, prepare for their big SummerSlam match by taking on Barry Hardy and Reno Riggins. The asses work over Hardy to start. They do the same to Riggins as Lawler says he wants to knock out the entire Hart family. And this is yet another squash in which Riggins and Hardy get in virtually no moves at all. We do get an insert promo partway through from Tatanka though, who is the ass's partner in Cowboys and Indian, and they're going to be in a six-man match on Monday night. And they talk about how Tatanka can handle Bam Bam Bigelow because the guns will handle the head shrinkers. Eventually, after having their fun with Riggins and Hardy, the guns close the show with a double-team back-body drop piledriver combo for the pinfall at 2 minutes and 18 seconds, in a match that was dull as dishwater, made worse by commentary focusing on a completely different feud for the pay-per-view. Bretton Lawler will be huge, don't get me wrong, but run a promo package for that or something. You are not doing the smoking asses any favours, and this is most probably why, when fans from other places see them wrestle, they're not invested. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this Monday night in the Motor City in Detroit, my guest at this time will be defending the World Wrestling Federation title. He is joining us right now, accompanied by his longtime manager, Mr. Fuji, and his official spokesman, Jim Cornette. Ladies and gentlemen, World Wrestling Federation champion, Matchup, ladies and gentlemen, at SummerSlam. The WWF title up for grabs. Lex Luger's pumped. Lex Luger is ready for action. You wonder whether or not Yokozuna will be. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Chips! Yeah. Gotta have beef. Gotta have spice. Need a little excitement? Snap it to a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Yokozuna! Slam on the deck of the USS Intrepid. You wonder whether or not he will be slammed again at SummerSlam. You wonder what the outcome of the matchup is going to be. Let's take you to Mean Gene. All right, Tim Cornette, you as the official spokesman, will be at ringside when Yokozuna defends the World Wrestling Federation title against Lex Luger. First of all, I want to ask you something, Oakland. Have you got one of these, huh? Have you got one of these? Well, these right here after SummerSlam are going to be collector's items, brother, because no longer will it be the call to action. 
It'll be the call of the hospital. It'll be called the spatula. It'll be called something. Just scrape Lex Luger up off the ground there at the palace at Auburn Hills and transport him to somewhere where they can try to put the pieces back together. Now you see, first of all, in the contract, there's a stipulation that says that that surgical steel implant in that forearm has to be covered by an elbow pad. So Lex Luger cannot use that as an illegal weapon against the champion Yokozuna. But that's the kind of guy that Lex Luger is. He always wants an advantage. Not like the Japanese people like Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna, who are symbolic of without doubt not only the wealthiest, but the most honorable race and nation of people on the face of the planet. And one of the reasons is because they do have the intelligence, but another reason is because they've got the guts and they fight to the death for what they want. Well, let me just say this about Yokozuna. He's not a man, he's a beast. He's a monster. 568 pounds, almost a quarter of a ton. Look at the Royal Wrestling Federation superstars that he has stretched out and stretchered off. I'm talking about guys like Crush, six foot six, 325 pounds, one of the strongest men in the world, carried out feet first. I'm talking about guys like Hacksaw Jim Duggan with those cross eyes of his and that foot stomping. He ain't stomping no feet now. He got carried out feet first. I'm talking about guys like Breath the Hitman Hart, former Intercontinental Champion, former World Wrestling Federation Champion, couldn't handle Yokozuna, the human monster. I'm talking about most of all and most of all, oh, let's not forget Kamala, who's a man-eating beast himself, carried out, stretchered off at the hands of the beast, the living monster, Yokozuna. And last but not least, five-time World Wrestling Federation Champion, Hulk Hogan. A man who started a movement that spread not across the country, but around the world. That touched every man, woman, and child, and it was called Hulkamania. Well, brother, Hulkamania is dead and buried six feet under at the hands of the human monster, Yokozuna. He's the World Wrestling Federation champion. And this Monday night, Lex Luger, at SummerSlam, you will not stop him. You will not defeat him. You will not be able to handle the man, the monster, Yokozuna. Randy Get Savage just left the broadcast booth. I Randy Savage is on his way up toward ringside. Here comes Randy Savage. Randy Savage is going to the ring. The Macho Man is going to go face to face with Yokozuna. He's got to be crazy. What's he doing? And not thousands, but millions of people. He's lost his mind, McMahon. Let me tell you something. Yokozuna, this Monday night at SummerSlam, you're going to be entering the ring with the WWF belt, no doubt. You're also going to be entering the ring with the support of few of your countrymen. You're also going to be entering the ring with your manager, ugly Mr. Fuji. You're also going to be entering the ring with your new spokesman, spoiled brat, Mama's boy, stupid Jim Cornette. This Monday night at SummerSlam, you know what Lex Luger's gonna be entering the ring with, brother? He's gonna be entering the ring with the admiration of millions of fans 
who have enlisted in the call to action campaign as he traveled coast to coast across this great nation. He's also entering the ring with the hopes and dreams of people that dare to excel. People that dare to reach out and grab that brass ring. And he's also entering the ring this Monday night at SummerSlam with the support and the respect of each and every WWF superstar, including myself. But more important than what Lex Luger is entering the ring with this Monday at SummerSlam is what he's gonna leave with. He's leaving SummerSlam with the World Wrestling Federation Championship. USA! USA! I was invested in this, and this was a great segment to close the broadcast here. The primary focus of any pay-per-view should always be the main event, especially if you involve all of the important peripheral characters to do that. You've got Savage and Razor involved to help that from the babyface point of view. As I've already said, Jim Cornette has immensely improved the Yokozuna package as a whole, particularly here as he's detailing graphically Every single hero that Yokozuna has crushed as highlights of each of his victories play out. And then we get that amazing visual at the end as babyfaces pour into the arena from every available entrance, even through the crowd, to support the new American hero Lex Luger, who couldn't be asked to turn up. But it gives hope to the fans that a big victory is coming. But I guess we'll find out if that happens on Monday, as now we go to my final thoughts. As a go-home show for a pay-per-view, this was excellent. All of the stories going into the event are touched on, and time is given for every match on the show not just the big ones. The matches themselves are good for what they are, 
and the promos interspersed throughout the show are just fantastic, especially anything where Jim Cornette is involved. Don't get me wrong, not everything that the WWF does in 1993 is good, but when something is done well, it's great. And this was a great episode of Superstars. The match of the night was Mr. Perfect versus Dwayne Gill for me. It was very quick but decisive for Perfect and going into an afterthought match on Monday, he needs to look good. The star of the night is Jim Cornette, who made everything he was involved in infinitely better. What more can I say apart from that constantly? I mean the guy's excellent. The highlight of the night was the main event promo to build to Lex vs Yokozuna one last time. It's excellent throughout. But the low light of the night though is simply, where was Lex? I mean, I get that he was on a bus somewhere, but they didn't even film a segment where he talks to the fans or anything like that. I mean, this is, this is seriously misguided from Vince here. He would have had a promo from Lex at least on a go-home show. But anyway, uh, Lex is on a bus as we've said, and the Lex Express is making its way to its final stop, the beautiful Palace of Auburn Hills in Detroit, Michigan. And we will be there to cover every lockup, drop kick, and bonsai drop along the way in two days. So in the meantime, have a wonderful couple of days, and in between time, stay beefy, meat cider.